0: After Buzzers Bing is for
1: doing And we're here doing Our very first After Buzz TV After Show For MTV's Teen Wolf Season 3 Episode 1 Tattoo Joining me, I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and joining me is Corey Trench, who is a current assistant editor on Teen Wolf. You may have seen his work in punk or the Justin Bieber documentary. Yes. Across from me is Anik Dufour. 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 Like, what can I do you for? Oh, well, everyone yeah. will remember that. Yes. <laughs> and then our very special guest tonight You may recognize from shows like True Blood, NCIS, Castle, The Mentalist And when he's not acting on camera He can be heard bringing to life Numerous characters in video games and audio books He's the leader of the Alpha Pack And this season's villain Please welcome Gideon Emery Thanks Yay. for having
2: me Yeah, True, True Blood's still coming up So so we'll see
1: <laughs> And Love he it. plays Deucalion this so I even, season. I even
2: brought my glasses in. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I can't put them on with a headphones.
1: <laughs> that scene was amazing. All the visual effects this season yeah. have been amped up. It's so yes. suspenseful, scarier, bloodier, sexier. We're,
3: uh,
4: on,
2: we're on steroids now. <laughs> this, this show has been, been on steroids. Definitely, definitely the twins are on something. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I heard they took a growth hormone or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have whatever they're taking. <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: Anyway, this season, this episode had 2.4 million viewers, and it was the highest rated episode of the season. And that's just a huge accomplishment for Teen Wolf. Thank you guys for being here tonight, and congratulations sure. on the success yeah, of the definitely. show.
4: Yeah,
1: So let's just get into it. Um I think the best word to describe this show tonight was ephemeral.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope hope its effects are not ephemeral, but yeah.
1: I just felt like it was so
2: long-lasting, yeah.
1: Exactly. I'm sure the effects were, but the show was so short, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time in suspense. It just felt like an adrenaline rush. I had to watch it again because I was just like, I couldn't expect what was happening next. It was very cinematic. Yes. And, And the music this season, is Dino still composing?
4: Yes, yes, he is.
1: I just felt like the music just matched each of the scenes so well. What did you guys think about it?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, just just speaking from the editing room standpoint, I mean, they especially the opening score was something they worked on a lot. They went through a lot of different versions, but it came out really, really well. I mean, the whole motorcycle chase is just fueled by the music, just driven by the music completely.
3: That's a great scene. Yeah. I think that was like my favorite scene out of the episode.
4: Oh, I love that scene. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> there are some
2: other scenes later on we're trying to join. <laughs> <laughs> no, a scene. Yeah,
1: let's talk about that, yeah. that scene and go ahead and get into the episode. So we will refer to her as Motorcycle Girl. Um, it appears like she's rescuing Isaac from perhaps this, this location where the Alphas are also keeping Boyd and Erica. That's just something I'm predicting. We don't know that for sure, but she kind of shocks him to wake him up and then puts him on the back of her bike and says, hold on, and they take off.
3: How do you guys know about that? <laughs> Go ahead and jump in. No, I was just like, I was excited. I was like, I'm really like, because you're like on the edge of your seat, you know, like you were saying like the whole time and you're like, come on, you need to get away. You need to get away. And then all of a sudden here comes the twins forming into like, you know, it's like, Ah. Uh, you it's know, it's like exciting. This show's really getting it right because I'm always yeah.
1: like, if I could just take this this trait from this guy and this trait from this guy and form them together as one, they would be this <laughs> mega perfect guy. <laughs> and that's what Teen Whoop is doing. They're taking these two hotties, putting them together, and they're just this one of your, your wolf pack.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We've got a little bit of uh, versatility there. Yeah.
1: I, I, I guess they're called uh, Brilliant Charmers this season. So I look forward to that.
2: Uh, we'll see, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what kind of what kind of charming they do. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I, I guess my my question would be like, since they do form into this rather large mega twin werewolf, how does Deucalion, You know, how does he
2: is he more powerful than the twin Alpha? Like, I don't know that that guy's pretty buff. Look, I think I think my pack knows their place. You see, yeah, this is the thing because at, at the end of the day, you're going to have somebody who's got the brains. You know, right? And uh, I think Deucalion... You know, may give the impression that uh you know, he doesn't have the the muscle necessarily, but uh, I think he definitely has the wit um, and uh and the tactics and the brain to, to ultimately pull things off that, that they none of them could do individually, so Right. Yeah. And I think it's only through his uh expertise and, and, and cunning manipulation that actually he's managed to bring them all together, so they are, you know, greater than the sum of their parts, yeah.
1: He definitely has a way with words. That he like in that uh, last scene where he talks about getting someone else to do the dirty work for you and to kill whoever you need to be killed. Wasn't that a line from Gerard in yes. season two? <laughs> yes,
4: it was. Yeah. And
1: and you said you were quoting in the show. You said you were quoting a, a friend of yours at that point. So there may be some relation there.
2: Um, yeah. Well, those, well, actually, the she, that's that's the girl who says that. Yeah. Mm. She, I'm pretty sure you she said say it. she's saying. Um, uh, I just kind of smile in response. No, yeah, no. That, uh, you actually
4: which you're referring to? Yeah, and, you actually say the line, which is uh, it's, it's just such a great line, just because of the fact. Like,
2: what is he really
4: trying to say? And it's no, it,
2: someone else will do it for you, but but her, yeah, she's putting the pieces together. Yeah, right? and she says, "Oh, it's it's Derek," you know, and and then
4: uh, you know, you get slashed, and then it's kind of a mis, It's sort of a misdirect, because yeah, we don't really know.
1: Well, Maybe. that kind of sets off the yeah. plot of the whole season for yeah. us. We get that in that last line of the show, which I'm bringing up now so the rest of the show makes <laughs> sense. It's basically... um Deucalion is going to put Derek against Scott and he, and obviously Scott is going to form a threat in the future and so he wants to knock out Scott by using Derek to kill Scott and then one by one apparently Derek will kill his other pack members. So that's going to be the plot for this season it looks like as you as this huge villain which I love villains which is why I wanted to bring you on for our very first <laughs> guest I just feel like there's, there's so. Much much of a story there and they're so powerful and they're often powerful, more powerful than, you know, the good side singly because the good side in order to take down a villain you have to whole, have like basically a whole army and people working together and it's really the villains who are so, they have this incredible mind and this whole show was created by Jeff Davis who created Criminal Minds so we know that you have a lot to share with us.
2: I think I think what's always, always, always interesting as well with, with Teen Wolf is that, you know, Scott's such an earnest, earnest character but there's always stuff happening around him and he always ends up you know there's always somebody like one step ahead sort of thing you know and he'll he'll catch up and stuff uh but it's it's great it's great now that you've got this new sort of scheming character and we don't know we don't know where it's going to go you know i think what was what's been fascinating for me um being a part of it this season is you know we're getting scripts you know you know, perhaps a few days or a week ahead, you know, before we mm-hmm. shoot something. So it's like I don't know what's going to happen each time, and then mm-hmm. something else comes in, like no, oh, <laughs> you know, because I I'm thinking like I kind of can see where this character is going, and and you yeah, that is so much that so much that happens this season which you are not going to expect. It's uh yeah, it's, they've it's, definitely it's a crazy set the bar high. Ride. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I know a lot of people said that once they, one, one of their friends, it spread through word of mouth how much people really like Teen Wolf. And a lot of my friends said they went through the first two seasons in a week. <laughs> wow! <laughs> to prepare for this premiere. Yeah. So, <laughs> <to do> <laughs> so, all right. Well, getting back to the to the episode, we see that Motorcycle Girl does. Um, she shoots the twins with some electric electric gun. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I'm sure we'll provide details later something she did mention that kind of goes to the mythology of the wolves um she said isaac said something about his neck hurting and Mm -hmm. that they used their claws to get into his neck and she said motorcycle girl said that's how they steal and share memories can either of you comment on that
4: well you know jeff likes to uh uh you know, expand upon the uh, werewolf mythology, and I guess in, in his world, uh, that they can do that. They can they can transfer memories and, and, and sometimes retrieve memories from from uh, the minds of others. You know, if they if they need to. To extract information, it, pl- it plays uh, such a huge role, especially uh, in the later episodes. But for now, it's it's ju- just setting up, like what you know. What does Isaac know? Like what what did he see exactly? Mm-hmm. And that sort of just sets up the mystery, and they're just trying to piece it together as the season goes on, like what happened to him and stuff.
1: And I'm sure that's going to be a great tool for you to use in future episodes.
2: <laughs> I mean, what's interesting as well? Yeah, exactly. Talking about future episodes is is exactly that that memory and. Um, you know, past events and stuff will definitely come into play and stuff will be revealed. So it's, yeah, there's added layers and added added little bits and pieces which which so take it to a new level. Yeah,
1: I'm very excited about that. When I heard that line, I had to stop and go back and listen to it again because I was like, that's very cool. And we didn't really get to focus in on it. It was sort of just... Mm -hmm. in the middle of like this suspenseful scene where we had to jump on a bike and hold on for our dear life. So I wanted to focus a little bit more on it and talk about it for our fans. By the way, guys, we appreciate your support however possible. If you go to iTunes or YouTube and rate, download, or comment on our show, I'll be reading um, different comments from the shows each week that you guys leave. And it really helps us here at AfterBuzz TV because you can download all of our podcasts for free. And if you want us to talk about, if you want to join in the discussion, you can give us a call at 424-256-1729. You can tweet me at Cinematic Escape, and I'll be reading some of your comments later. And you can tweet all these guys, and we'll be giving their Twitter handles out shortly. All right, and getting back to the episode, um, we see Scott's getting a tattoo, and I know you specifically wanted to talk about this tattoo and what Jeff Jeff's idea of putting this tattoo in mm-hmm. the in the scene was.
4: Mm-hmm. So um, it was very interesting. At the end of season two, uh, uh, Tyler Posey got a uh, tattoo, and uh, not in the show, but actually, you know, received it in real life. And uh I think there was a big talk of like, well, what are we going to do with this, you know? And and Jeff had already had a plan. He was already like already thinking ahead, you know, and that's what he does, you know, he likes to think ahead and uh, he he wrote it into the script I think in a very unique and interesting way. Um yeah, the tattoo means a lot to Scott and it means a lot to the script because, you know, the the whole episode's about change. And um, you know, in the episode, Scott talks a lot about getting the tattoo as sort of a reward for himself for not contacting Allison, staying strong, staying like true to his belief that you know they should not be together. You know that he should stay uh, strong. So he really got that tattoo as sort of a reminder to himself, you know, to stay, uh, you know, just true to his beliefs and to, to himself. And 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 the reason why. Uh, at least I think that the the transition is so painful. Um, him getting the tattoo uh, in the episode because at first he he can't really get a tattoo because of his werewolf healing ability, right? A- and uh, and and so in, towards the end of the episode he has to literally get it blowtorched <laughs> by Derek to reveal the tattoo. And I and I think it's um, and I don't know in my mind I thought it was like a metaphor for like you know change being difficult. And uh, also, you know, being painful at times.
1: That's a great theme. And and I really wish, actually, that a lot of that we actually did have to use a blowtorch because I think some people have (laughs) way too many tattoos. (laughs) I particularly like this one. But I think people often, you know, it becomes an addiction. But the fact that it means change and here he said, you know, it was kind of like an open wound because he went all summer. Try, and this was a reward for him not calling Allison. But, you know, he was kind of a better himself on his own because he was reading books. He had a word of the day, hey. ephemeral. And um, he also was saving for his bike that we get to see. And talking about Scott, he's always sort of been, you know, the underdog of the show. We we're watching his character mm-hmm. arc, of course. And even the first day of school, he saved his money all summer, we find out, for this green bike that he parked next to these uh, much nicer two black bikes. And it's like, you know, he couldn't be better than Jackson, you know, in the previous two seasons. Yeah. And now he's got these twins to compete it with. He can just never be at the top. You know, there's always someone else in his way. And I felt like the bikes, him parking his bikes next to the other two.
2: Well, yeah, it's, like it's kind of, kind of it's a right? throwback to parking next to the Porsche, right? Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. <From the> Porsche, <laughs>
2: yeah. <so>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, but I really enjoyed the tattoo scene. And whenever they get in the car, Styles is so relieved when it disappears and he was like, Oh god, thank great, because I hated it. <laughs> and and Styles is a wonderful character as well. Yeah. He, he provides so much comic relief to the scene and, and he's Absolutely. one of those guys that just like live moment to moment and he's not really thinking about what's gonna happen after I do this or say this, because if he would, he probably wouldn't. And he's just he kind of reminds me of like that unscathed child. That we all should really look at life, approach life to. Because anytime Lydia's around, you know, we know that he's going to get rejected. But he still, like, has this hope. And even though he's gone through these different events with his friends, he still somehow sees the positive outcome of the situation. And, and the fact that he's gotten hurt before, or she's ignored him before, doesn't stop him from going ahead and trying again to get her attention. What did you guys think about that scene where they pull up at the red lights?
3: I, I love Styles. I think... I think he steals the scenes. I think he steals every scene that he's in. I just think he's, like, a great character. I thought it was hilarious because he's, like, he wants to talk to them, you know, and he's, like, roll, he's going to, like, roll the window down, and then, you know, they're, like, Allison's, like, no, go, go, and then she's, like, Lydia's, like, I can't, it's a red light, and then they just, like, he goes in to, like, roll the window down, and they just take off. So it's like, you know, he's like styles the- again <laughs> <laughs> left. <laughs>
2: I mean, he gets I think I think he gets a bump, a bum deal, you know, from 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 other characters sometimes because he is this goofball. Right. But he's so lovable. But he also is a good barometer for how Scott's feeling at any time, you know, and he'll have he'll have greater insight into sort of where Scott is emotionally than Scott does. You know, so he he has a lot of insight, I think, which. Which people don't, you know, give them credit for. Yeah, you know.
1: that's a great point. I absolutely agree with that because just like a child kind of like says, speaks a lot and often says things that as an adult, you would refrain from, <laughs> Styles just lets it out there. and and Scott's kind of more reserved and nerdy type. But I yeah, I love getting that internal dialogue from Styles all the time. and I like how he said, oh, they must have not seen us, which is kind of just like it says to me, you know, just like a lot of women and guy relationships in the real world, You either see someone as a mate or you don't, and hopefully Lydia grows to see Styles over time because we all know he's a great guy and very lovable on screen. But that often happens in the real world how they just don't see us. So I really like that he had that line in this episode that was like, oh, she must have not have seen us. But she really doesn't see him as a potential mate for her. Yeah.
4: I also like the role that Styles plays in the the Teen Wolf is because he's like a detective. You know, He's sort of like filling in his father's shoes, if you will, but on a supernatural scale, because he knows that all these incidents are supernaturally related, and his father has no idea. Stolinski has no idea. And so, you know, he'll, it's funny how Styles, like in that one scene with uh, talking about the, the, after the deer crash, he's talking about all the deer-related crash incidents in the past couple yeah. of years. <laughs> and, you know, his five dad's like, I, I don't care, just go to school. But you can tell Styles really wants his father to believe, like, something's wrong, Mm-hmm. And something's amiss, and he wants his dad to help him out. But you know, of course, his dad is, you know, doesn't really believe in the supernatural, or like Styles does. But right. you know, seeing is believing. You know, and Styles has seen a lot, especially in this episode.
2: You know, birds, deer. Yeah, you know, all so well. like, <laughs> getting getting some recognition from his dad. You know, yeah. he, he rarely gets that. And then there was it was it was funny because I was watching a little bit in the sort of the marathon um, leading up to the premiere, and there's there's that one episode where he finally gets to go on the pitch to play. And like like yeah. like he's like, That's my son. That's my <laughs> son. <laughs> I don't like that. And it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was it was a cute little moment, you know, and there's yeah. so sort of here and there they have those moments where or they've been through something hectic or whatever, and there's like a, I I think there was one was one scene in, in a previous season where, where I don't know, he just like hugged his dad or something like that. And it's oh, yeah. just this sweet moment and, and like I love it's, so, it's such an easy show to get into the show. But I love, as an audience member, just watching those little moments. And, like, one of the biggest moments for me um, watching the first season was where um, Scott's kind of struggling to, when he gets emotional, not to kind of turn. And he's in the class, and I think he's getting yelled at by, you know, coach or somebody. And he's, you know, kind of breathing. He's going to turn and whatever and stuff. And then... Um, uh, I keep wanting to say Crystal, Allison like, reaches back her hand or whatever, excuse me, and then just kind of, like, takes his hand, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just that little moment yeah. of, like, sort of just connection, and it's, it'll all be okay, and I'm like, oh, it kind of slays me. <laughs> you know like, seeing them, you're like, why am I getting sucked into this? You know? <laughs> but it's great, there are these real moments, you know, you can totally yeah. relate. And, I mean, he's a werewolf, and she's going like, hey, it's okay, you're not going <sighs> to, you know, I'm here, you know. But you can totally relate to that stuff, you know.
1: Absolutely. I I mean, the whole metaphor of being a a wolf. And I I also like just how it would cure, you know, any ailments you have, like as your character, which we'll talk about more later on. But it seems like you're blind. And then as a werewolf, you were able to see. I'm not sure if you guys are allowed to comment on that. But just like Erica had the seizures last season and Derek recruited her to kind of. Heal her ailments. Is that something that you guys are allowed to talk about? There's
2: definitely. I mean, it, there's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely qualities that they have that the werewolves have as werewolves, which they don't in their human, you know, lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I mean, that definitely plays in a little bit. I think for sure. I thought initially you were going to say, um you were going to say that I was blonde, and I was blonde when I was a kid, and then my hair <laughs> progressively darker. But it has nothing to do with the show. So.
1: I have a bit of an accent. I'm from
2: Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> So, country. <laughs> I have an accent too. Okay. So.
1: Really? <laughs> you yeah, really have a, a great accent. Um Which we'll talk more about later, but I'm sure the viewers and iTunes listeners are going to enjoy your voice much more than mine. Uh, (laughs) Um, Getting back to this show, we find out that Jackson awoke as a werewolf and Derek kind of gave him the 101 of being a wolf. And then he took off to London and she refers to it as an American werewolf in London, which if people didn't get the reference at home, that's a 1981 comedy horror film. Written and directed by John Landis So that was a nice throw in there And apparently Allison was in France For four months And uh, Scott didn't think she would be coming back Which we see she obviously is And they're about to go on a double date Which we can only assume is with the twins
3: From a later scene yeah. yeah. I mean, if the point. twins are going shirtless, I mean, why is might as well get out. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I join in, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, so then we get this scene with the deer that's mm. been terrified that crashes into the yes. windshield. And yeah. I'm sure as editing, you could talk about oh, that, yeah. that Oh,
4: yeah, that that deer, wow. I mean, that was, like, something that was just incredible because, like, we, you know, when they shot the scene, it was just, you know, green screen, you're looking out the, the, the car window, and then, you know, we have this, you know, temp, you know, text that says on the on top of it, and you know, we're doing the rough cuts, like, you know, deer crashes through window, and I'm like, what, what are we going to, I mean, really, we're going to see this? And then... It's incredible. We went through a couple different versions to get it right. But it's amazing how the process of that, getting it correct with, like, you know, the deer running through the window and the glass all being, you know, CG, it just looks so cool Mm -hmm. in the end. Uh, but as far as the scene went, um, yeah, everything sort of, it's interesting how we came out of this levity of there being this back and forth, like, oh, you can't see me now, like very high school, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like uh, you got to dodge your crush or something like that because you're too embarrassed. And then we're back into Teen Wolf Land, which is the horror. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all about the horror and the thrilling aspect of it and, and the unexpected, which the deer represents is the unexpected and in the in this supernatural Force that's scaring this deer to death, you know, and and, and uh, you can you can tell that it really. You know, brings the audience like this. Oh, what's going to happen next? After you know, after seeing a deer crash through a window,
1: right? You know? And of course, Styles is on it immediately and speculating. Yeah. And we can go ahead and talk about the other animal is- incidents that happened. I mean, what about when we're in the classroom and Styles, you know, notices Lydia's bandage and she. We find out she wasn't bit by her handbag, but by her dog Prada. <laughs> and <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, we get these. Birds just bashing yeah. through the windows Hitchcock style Hitchcock oh, yeah. style <laughs> yeah. and pecking away yeah. at the students yeah and I and I heard you know what what how was the editing process on that scene that oh yeah seemed... yeah that
4: was uh, that was oh that was incredible we that scene was I think three minutes longer than what it is now and uh, <laughs> it was just so much like you know chaos and like there was a lot more footage of of people running around and stuff but I think um, essentially what you saw on screen was like, you know, the the best of the best. And I think they just wanted it to be like this shocking moment that people could, you know, retain and, and just like sort of like, oh, you know, just like and then it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's the type of thing where like especially um, most of the shots were all the birds were CG except for the one on the, the girl's head mm-hmm. uh, that was like wrapping on her head or whatever. So like a lot of that was just, you know, making sure that we were able to sell the scene as, as being this unexpected, scary scene, but also not uh, going too long on it. And uh, I think in general, it was just sort of like, a, yeah, a very Hitchcockian, mm-hmm. you know, inspired uh, uh, scene in general. I think we had, in, at one point, we had temp birds in there that were from the birds. Like, we put wow. that in the in the scene yeah. just to like fill in like, okay like these are birds you know that are you know and then
2: you know of course the score was really good in that scene too just sort of like and then it was obviously a rights issue with tibby hedron uh, estate and, and stuff so. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and i did hear that early on um when you guys were doing like a temp thing for it that max and charlie were in these uh, feathered suits yes it, it didn't, it, didn't play. it just it just yeah they just you know they couldn't uh, Get in the role of being a bird you know right it's just like they just know. never took to took to, to the air just, <laughs> yeah it just <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot of hopping and not <laughs> enough flying apparently so you know
3: i mean you have to have like really great actors like because i mean you're filming in front of a green screen you have to imagine and stuff like that yeah. and even with like the birds and stuff when you see them coming the extras i'm not so much the principals because you know they're all great actors but like the extras and stuff have to be good yeah. and, and attractive <laughs> always, always. Otherwise, I mean, it just looks—it just looks bad, and it's going to look fake, yeah. and it's not. Yeah,
4: they had a—they had a wind machine going. They had a lot of things going on in that scene. They had the the wind blowing around, so you could get the effect of birds flying and papers mm-hmm. flying everywhere. And then also they had a um, this little contraption that would go around, where they could see bird shadows on the ground. And like, yes, people had to like long mm-hmm. takes of people freaking out, and then they would. And it, and it was so loud too. Like we had to. Uh, fully, all the crowd yelling and, and, and desks moving and stuff like that—that that all had to be put back because the wind was so loud, the wind machine. So a lot of it, yes, the acting, yeah, they were like intense for like minutes at a time, and then they'd have to stop and take a rest, and then go back into it again. A lot of, a lot of yelling on this show.
1: And in, a lot of screaming. <laughs>
4: There's a lot of screaming on this show. It's necessary. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, in this scene, we meet the teacher, the English teacher, Mrs. Blake. And is it is it kind of startling that she just happens to have everyone's phone number and
3: texts them I all was at once? I'm going to say that. What like, kind of mass texting system is she using? And she seems to know an awful lot about her students here. <laughs> like who knows all their you know the students' phone numbers? I mean, I'm sure I you mean, fill w- that out. That's the a first way to make day, an
2: impression, though. You yeah. Know? yeah. I think like okay, okay, Miss. Um, you know. <laughs> but, but I some listened. yeah it's,
1: some phones have a delay though everyone sort of, well, I guess they did kind of get it delayed it was it was great the way it was done, I really uh love that, and of course uh, Scott does eventually get taken out of the scene so that he can go to the hospital and and deal with the other storyline, but before that, I want to just talk about the other animals that we see. Sheriff Zelensky goes to see the veterinarian Dr. Deaton and he has he was going to call him because he thought there was a, an issue someone killing off animals but he then realizes that the animals had committed suicide all yeah. of them and and that just goes back to talk to the deer and the birds all these animals are terrified because something is coming or is it already here because the alpha the alpha pack is in town but it seems like the way these animals are becoming aggressive biting Lydia and, and getting mean and and killing themselves and, and Running out into traffic uh, And maybe there is something more even coming Because the Alpha Pack has arrived They're in town So more horrors to expect, I guess And then we go into the hospital scene And we meet a lot more of the Alpha Pack Because Isaac is there And the motorcycle girl And they're they're trying to, you know Keep Isaac under wraps And, and he's going into surgery And telling Scott's mom That, uh Scott is his emergency werewolf contact. Yes, werewolf contact. You <laughs> hopefully, he yeah, filled that out. Do you yeah. have an emergency werewolf contact?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check. I need them on speed dial. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, so that um, Scott gets there. (laughs) (laughs) Scott arrives in time um, as, you know, Isaac was dismissed from the surgery because his heel had presumably healed. His wound had healed. But did we get to meet another Alpha member, Cora, is it, that was actually injecting him?
2: No, Kali. No, that's Kali. Yeah. yeah. That's Kali. Kali, Kali Kali's mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the
4: the the dude. The one
1: that injected female. him.
4: Yeah, yeah, alpha.
1: And then also showed up at in the end in the locker room because yeah. we didn't quite yeah. learn their names yet. Yeah. So I'm speculating, but yeah. um Okay. So then Scott sees Ennis, another wolf pack member, alpha, mm-hmm. with and he's the one with he's kind of bald and and the one that's taking Isaac into the elevator. And just as he sees this, he realizes that this is, you know, not an actual nurse, and and the elevator fight scene happens.
2: So before we go there, how how cool though is <laughs> those latex gloves with the nails? just <laughs> Can you tell throat? us about
1: that <laughs> because we obviously <laughs> don't know.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not involved in that. You know, I wasn't involved in that scene. But, uh-huh. but it's just, I mean, obviously he's a, he's, a, he's a werewolf. But I love the fact that it's just that little sort of giveaway that <laughs> yeah. that there's that little sort of turn that, you know, perhaps perhaps the, the nails grew like sort of through the latex glove, you know, after uh-huh. he put them on. Or perhaps they're already there when he put them on. Who knows? Because it would be kind of a delicate thing to do, I guess, to put them on <laughs> while the nails were already out, you know. Mm-hmm. Either way it's, it's it's too cool, yeah. What's it like wearing those nails though? Cuz you have them on in the Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. them on here and there. They're um they're fine. They're fine. They're, they they uh, they're not as cumbersome as you might think. I wore I did a movie which I'm not going to mention but um <laughs> I don't know, about 15, 12 years ago or something. Oh, I Where I had, I was like, a, it was called The Sorcerer's Apprentice, but it's not the Nick Cage one. It's, uh, and, yeah, I decided, my, my character basically could, could morph back into a rat. I was, that was my little, you know, I'd, I was a rat, and then... And uh, in my human form, I was a human. But I wanted to retain some rat-like thingies, so I mm-hmm. persuaded the director to let me have claws when I was in my human form. So then I got some nasty ones, but like glued on. So I had them glued on for like six weeks. You know, they were, they were, they were permanent. Oh, wow. Which was,
0: <laughs> I realized
2: what it's like for women who have longer nails just doing your daily stuff and you know the time i had a car i didn't have like electric windows so i remember doing like so trying to wind down Mm. because you can't like i want to hold it like this but i couldn't like hold it so i was doing this sort of delicate kind of
0: (laughs) wind down the window
2: thing and and you know trying to do up you know your pants and stuff it's just it's it's not it's not a good thing for a it's not a good look for a guy (laughs) but it's kind of cool though because there is something deadly about it you know
1: absolutely yeah Which which we get to see in the, in yeah. the end scene, which we're not yeah. sure yeah. The, uh, what happens with that. But you've
2: just got to try not to poke yourself in the eye. That's that's. Do
1: you wear things. contacts? Because that would be quite difficult.
2: I don't know, but I mean, no, <laughs> no. But you know, you're sort of going up to sort of, and then right. you've got to allow for the extra sort of inch and a half, I guess.
1: When when you were wearing those, did you have any accidents? no
3: <laughs>
2: if i did i wouldn't tell you <laughs> I've yeah. Had, yeah i've had a i've had a stumble here or there but uh, right. uh but that's more of a visual thing yeah
3: <laughs> do you ever have one that like pops off like right in the middle of a scene
2: oh yeah that happens yeah. fairly frequently yeah yeah yeah, so there goes yeah. A yeah. And, then, and then everyone's going like hey, and, yeah and then everything <laughs> yeah. has to stop and yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: back to one
2: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
1: So the uh, elevator fight scene with Ennis and Scott is really where the music really kicked in, and mm-hmm. it was such invigorating, motivating music. I was like, I need to like get up and dance. <laughs> yeah, it was just like I want to fight somebody right now. I am going to throw someone in the elevator. Yeah, that, that's probably why it's not elevator music, though. They normally play like the classical music. In
4: <laughs> yeah, no, that that scene was cool. Um, yeah, that's like sort of like you know one of the yeah the first fight scenes in the, in the in the whole thing and you're just like okay like Scott's gonna take on this alpha and you know he gets he's getting his butt kicked the entire time and that's when Derek has to save him mm-hmm. you know kind of bittersweet for Scott in a way you know cause it's like you know Scott's sort of like Derek I don't know they see him have this older brother little brother mm-hmm. kind of relationship a little bit you know so like the, the you know it's just kind of interesting to see that you know Derek's saving Scott you know
1: That was a great way to reintroduce uh, Derek's character, him just kind of coming in, and Ennis was like, don't you know who I'm dealing with? I am the alpha, and then he pops (laughs) in and says, I am too. And, you
4: know, we get
1: get that witty humor back, and yes, he turns to Scott and was like, shouldn't you be in school? So he's the older (laughs) brother, protective brother, which is why this season is so exciting, because DeKalion is trying to get Derek to kill scott and the fact that derek doesn't have a family it was taken away from him scott's kind of like his family at this point and sure. the fact that dukelion's trying to get scott out of the picture and use derek to kill him i'm not sure how that's going to work out but lots of threats coming our way i'm sure
2: lots of threats lots of <laughs> manipulation, yes. manipulation. Yes. yeah yeah yeah
1: Um, I I just want to go ahead and talk about that scene when Scott was on his way up to the hospital where I I don't know if people knew at that point if you were just a blind man at the hospital, which would make plenty of sense, or the fact that you were going to be the villain of the season that was introduced. Um, That was just a great way to do it where he was sort of being this new improved Scott. So he was willing to help, you know, a blind man.
2: I think, look, I mean, I think there's a bit of a um, a music cue that suggests that perhaps it's not completely uh, mm-hmm. benevolent. You know, it's like... Right. G-dang, 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 yeah, Whatever yeah. it was, you know, as I'm right. walking in. I was like, okay, that's a little bit cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but, um, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice of like, okay, who, uh, all right. But I love <laughs> the fact, like, as we leave the elevators and, like, it's, like, walking, like, so painfully quickly and Scott's, like, urgent, oh, you know, mission and it's kind of like, oh... You know, he just kind of like (laughs) bangs his head there. It's just, yeah, it's funny.
1: Have you played a villain before?
2: I play a villain more often than not, yeah. More often yeah. than not, you're always yeah. the villain.
1: Yeah. I mean, you do have the, the villainous voice, which I know gamers love to hear in all the vi- different video games that you do that we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but I just, villains are always my favorite, like I said earlier, and I'm just, I'm so excited that they introduced you right away because oftentimes, different television shows, you don't see the villain really revealed until episode five. Yeah. And the villains, in my opinion, is what really keeps the story going and is makes the audience really want well- to come back and watch each week is is the good and evil fight. Uh-huh. So I'm really glad that we got to see you in episode one and you scared everyone. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Episode one. Yeah,
2: no, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, we came in right off the bat. Um, yeah, in terms of me me playing baddies, it's uh, I think for some, for some reason casting in in L.A. thinks you know I just look. A little edgy. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not your sort of all-American-looking dude. Although, you know, this is this is only the second role in nine years where I've got to use my own accent.
1: Wow! You know, everything else
2: I've done has been, you know, either American or uh, Russian. I play Russians um, quite often, like I was a baddie in uh, Takers, Matt Dillon movie, Um, like Russian mobster with like tats and hair and a beard and stuff. So, um, what's what's nice is. you know, I'm hanging around for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. oftentimes he's like, sort of, ah, bad guy, you know, here I am. And then, you know, and they kill me. So.
1: That's the worst part about it. In in most films and uh, shows that you don't get the villain until the end, that's like revealed who the villain is. You need to develop the villain as much as you do the hero. Right. We need that character development from the villain and to kind of see their side of things. And that just makes the entire story grow. Immensely, mm-hmm. I think. What do you think?
4: Well, yeah, I, I think Deucalion's a great uh, um, counterbalance to Scott because he sort of challenges uh, you know, that side of like, you know, Scott being the earnest good guy, you know, he's like on the, let's say if it's Star Wars, he's on the good side of the force. Deucalion's, mm-hmm. you know, on the dark side of the force. But you need, you're right, you absolutely need to have that other side to counterbalance the hero and challenge the hero. And then makes for a more interesting uh, season, more interesting uh, uh, scenes. But, yes, in in the later um, um, episodes, like, there's some great stuff with Decalian and Scott. And, uh, you know, it's just, like, one of those things where, like, you can tell, like, some... Yeah, Decalian's got something up his sleeve and he, you know, Scott's part of his plan.
2: I think, yeah, I think what what Jeff does really well is is, is it's just... He, he writes intelligent characters, you know, and, and I think, you know, he's really created a, you know, an intelligent villain here, whereas, you know, oftentimes they can be very, you know, uh, um, fictitious villains can be quite one note. And, and there's, it's very hard to sort of, you know, layer or give some, some light and shade to these things where, you know, you're just kind of running out of a room and, and you know, blowing people away with a, you know. With a gun, sort of thing. So it's 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 nice, and there's a lot of there's a lot of rich rich language, and and you know, in some of the scenes. So it's 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 nice. It's nice. You really you really get to get a get a get a good sense of this character, and, and yeah, like you were saying, it uh, it really gives um, gives Scott some uh, food for thought. Yeah.
1: I'm looking forward to it I really can't wait I mean and I, and I really love I hope we get your backstory as well which I'm sure Jeff will provide but you know the best thing about villains is like their scarred past mm-hmm. and, and when people have scars and, and they get them removed or fixed I'm like why I'm like that is who you are that's what makes a person so I'm sure that this villain Deucalion also has a very scarred past and I can't wait to hear that but um, moving on then talking about scars um, Isaac's apparently his outside wound had healed but Derek and Scott took him back to the old house to, to patch up his insides, which apparently didn't heal because an alpha bite apparently takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And so then they're sort of talking about, you know, what's going on and, and uh, Scott's looking to him for... For advice of, you know, what to do And what's going on with the pack, And he doesn't, Derek doesn't want Scott involved at all He's like, go home, go home, nothing's going on He's like, I know you were just trying to help But I don't want your help Like, he's protecting Scott So, um Scott, of course, doesn't, and uh, Derek says he owes him a favor, and Scott wants it mm-hmm. right now because no one can see that uh, open wound that Scott's bearing on his arm at the moment. So then we pull out the blowtorch, which I saw your tweet about being a bit excessive. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I was, I was on board with Styles' Styles's. Uh, yeah. Me, me, meanwhile, like Isaac's lying there, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, I guess, I guess he can last. Like yeah. we'll take care of it. So it's a pressing issue for you, Scott. We'll, we'll take. Care. <laughs> like
3: Isaac's dying. And he's like, Can I get my tattoo that I paid for that just went away? It was like two hundred bucks. It's let's like, think
2: about that, yeah, because there yeah. is some the, it seems like there should be some kind of refund then from that. Yeah, uh, right. That, like that, it didn't uh, stack. Like, where's <laughs> my <laughs> money? Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like getting a haircut and saving your receipt. I go back. I'm like, this didn't work.
4: <laughs>
1: <I'm sorry. laughs> um so yeah, so uh, we get the can you talk about the circles? Yeah, that well
4: Scott was it, making? It, it, you know, it's something that j- you know, this season's all about symbols and well of course last season was too in fact the entire series is about symbols so like it's just jeff's way of being like you need to pay attention to this you know what scott sees in his dream and he's he says he saw this in his dream and and that is going to play out in some way mm-hmm. and and i think it's just it's just a something for the audience to to remember like okay like i need to pay attention to this like this is going to play a big part later on in the season and um uh,
1: Right, because we got yeah. that close-up shot, and often, you know, with editing.
4: Yeah, they, thanks
1: to you, we got the close-up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was just moral support, but you know, but no, it, it's it's funny how like the symbols, like the alpha pack symbol, is mm-hmm. just so aggressive, and it's and it's scary. I mean, you look at it and you're like, that this means business. This is not a benign symbol. Like, oh yeah, I feel safe. Like, no, the, someone's gonna. Come and get you, you know.
1: Which Scott uses those nails we talked about earlier to scratch down the door because apparently it's obvious that something's going on because Derek's not an interior decorator. I don't know, so he (laughs) obviously and there's not
2: a lick of paint on the inside of that place. So if he's going to do something to the front, (laughs) you know,
1: take it all away. So so we get to see that the Alpha Pack symbol is there, and Scott now of course wants to be involved, and and Derek needs whoever is willing to help. And I really liked the editing at. this point, because we are sort of Derek is like narrating what's going on with sort of the locker room scene and motorcycle girl who is a mystery to us at this point had just gone to find Scott at the school and she couldn't hmm. because he they just kind of switched. They just kind of missed each other. <laughs> 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 uh, he, he was going to the hospital, and she was leaving the hospital to go to school. And she bruises Lydia mm-hmm. and Allison mm-hmm. after grabbing them. And then Lydia comments, well, she bruised me. That was... Really funny, of course, Lydia humor, but uh, Allison kind of looks at it as if she sees that it might mean something in that moment, which doesn't make sense to us, but talking about how symbols are important, it's obviously going to come back, which we saw later in the end of the scene, that um, we see that mark in that last scene that whenever they were putting their arms together, trying to figure out what color Allison wanted to paint her room, mm. their arms kind of go together. And we get this mark and we go to the next scene and it, it appears to be on this tank um, sort of marking the location of where Boyd and Erica are. So I guess it was the motorcycle girl's way of sort of pointing them mm. in the mm-hmm. right direction. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, very, a very mysterious Way of conveying information. But, mm-hmm. you know, for, for good reason, probably. But yeah, it's interesting how, like, uh, yeah, you're just at the end of the episode, you're at this unknown location where, yeah, Boyd and Erica might be. And uh, it just sort of ends like, okay, we know they're alive. Mm-hmm. And then it just, okay, well. And
1: they've been there for four months, apparently.
2: Yeah. And it'll it'll turn out to be a pretty cool location, too. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome location. (laughs) Yeah. We're
1: excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us, did you guys film that particular scene in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so we like Derek was narrating the the fight scene in the locker room with the motorcycle girl, and she's kind of we see Ennis there, we see the twin alphas um Ethan and Aiden, and we see Collie mm-hmm. she's sort of fighting them all off, but it's too many, and then she's down against the lockers, and we get to see Deucalion again the reveal the reveal. <laughs> And you kind of come over and, and, you know, talk to her and in this very creepy voice that scared me. And I'm sure a lot of the other viewers.
2: That's my, very that's my regular speaking voice. Intimidating. This is why I get called in for nights, see? <laughs> Everything's just creepy. I think
3: You get like a phone call at 2 a.m. like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
1: You probably don't get too many um, of those people calling you. If they get the wrong number, and they'll probably just hang yeah. up right away. Or, <laughs> or what do those people call? They call all the time, try to sell you Tell stuff. Marketers. Tell marketers. I don't really get those anymore, but they would probably just hang
2: up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I actually did phone the do not call thingy, but I, did, I have started getting uh, uh, spam texts now. Ugh, I got wait. like a pitch text. I was like... What? What is? It? Have they got my if phone el- if number? If only they
1: could hear their your voice, they <laughs> you wouldn't know, be doing
2: that. That's the thing. <laughs> that is the thing.
1: Uh, so we do. Doesn't get work
2: with doesn't work with automated phone lines though. That I've discovered. Really? Like, operator, operator, <laughs> oper, oper. Please choose from the following seven options. Uh.
1: (laughs) So we get that little speech from Deucalion at the end to Motorcycle Girl uh, about that, you know, you're going to use Derek to kill Scott and the plot of the whole season's revealed. And then we're not sure her fate because you gave her a nice little whack there, which I'm sure you guys can't talk about whether she's alive or not, which we'll see next episode. But um. Yeah, it looks like at least if she is dead, she left a mark for Lydia and Allison to be able to find Boyd and um, Erica. So she did leave a message behind.
4: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, so, yeah, that was an amazing episode. Uh, we have so much to look forward to in, you know, the next 23 because th- we get 24 right. episodes this season.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yes. They, yeah. They 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 wrapped on uh, yes three uh, A and then three B starts up at some point after. Um, I think. So you uh,
1: guys film the first twelve. I yeah, believe. the first twelve.
4: Yeah, and so and then they're just gonna air them accordingly after that. But yeah, it's it's exciting. It's like a it's it's a big deal to have like twenty four episodes, and like that just shows that you know like. I mean, this is just the first episode. Can mm-hmm. you imagine like how they're going to play out, like the epicness that's going to play out? Well,
1: next... I was reading a lot of reviews, and they were talking about wondering if it was going to stay to mm. that level. Yeah. Can you guys comment on that at all?
2: I mean, I think there's there's way more, yeah. way more stuff that gets revealed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just scratching the surface right. of, of of what there is because I I've, I've been struggling to remember. Because it's been, you know, we've been shooting for like six months mm-hmm. and it's felt, it feels like a feature, you know, it feels like working on a feature of this, you know, good length of time because you're filming kind of nonstop basically. And, you know, we don't get to see anything as, as the actors kind of thing. So it's really cool, like for us as well, sitting down and watching, you know, I saw a little glimpse of a scene or two um, up until this point, but, you know, to sit down and watch, you know, the whole episode cut together and stuff. And it's, and I'm going like, oh, and I know, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm so excited for some of these reveals you know, down the line it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, this this season is is super, I mean, I
4: worked on the second season, and uh, this season is super, super ambitious. Like, just everything just got stepped up. I mean, they shot so much more footage than they did last season, and, like, they did, everything was just so, like, planned out, and they shot with, like, you know, sometimes they would shoot with three cameras, getting all the coverage, and they would just shoot around the clock getting these scenes done a lot of uh slow motion shooting too a lot of like you know shooting at 120 frames per second just so they can get the more dramatic moments uh and and especially in the fight scenes too like it's really cool like just stepping it up to where like you know it's much more about the action this season it's much more about the horror this season like they sort of i think jeff wanted to just take teen wolf back to the thriller aspect of, mm-hmm. of, you know, it's, it's, you know, yes, the relationships are very important. Uh, you know, Scott and Allison's relationship, you know, plays out, um, you know, in this season. But I think the most important is probably just like, you know, this mystery that you know, we're all trying to solve, which is, you know, who's pulling the strings, you know, if you will, you know, like what's really going on. But uh, And I hear we really get
1: exciting. a lot more of the mythology yes. as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's the other cool part is, you know, we're always, you know, in season two, you know, we had questions like, why does this guy have red eyes and this guy have blue eyes and this guy have yellow eyes? And, you know, we're just like wondering, like, which, why do certain werewolves have different color eyes? And in this season, it gets explained, which is really cool. It's like, yeah, I, you know, it's. And, and, it's actually a unique way of explaining it to, you know, the way they reveal it and stuff like that. So a lot of the fans' questions about certain things do get answered this season, which is cool.
1: Well, I'm very excited, and I'm sure everybody at home is, too. Right now, we're going to go ahead and do an AfterBuzz exclusive interview with Gideon, who agreed to join us today, and thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I was reading your bio. It's so interesting. I mean, you do the best of video games. You do the voiceovers for Guild of Wars, World of Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, Diablo, Final Fantasy, Halo, Mass Effect, Call of Duty. These are some of the best video games out there. How did you get into this voiceover acting?
2: Um, I started doing uh, voiceovers when I was in uh, South Africa before I moved here. I was originally Mm -hmm. from the UK and then um, uh, grew up in the UK and then moved to South Africa when I was a kid. And uh, I got into voiceovers while I was still at drama school, but that was more like kind of commercial VO. And um, there wasn't really a gaming industry, so to speak. And and yeah, it was when I moved here and uh, towards the end of 2003. Um and uh I kinda credit uh Final Fantasy twelve um with being, you know, my sort of big break, if you will, which mm-hmm. was like one of the first couple games I worked on and, and I played a character called Balthier, which is uh you know, it was kind of a big character and uh, you know, it's a huge franchise and uh yeah, I got a lot of sort of attention from that and um yeah, it was a good that was a good uh, springboard into into gaming, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I read that uh, you were an only child and you kept yourself amused. (laughs) Amused by imitating voices from radio, TV, and making, and so like making, turning your life into acting was like the logical progression of it. But so I'm just always really thrilled by people's backgrounds, and that obviously transforms who we are as adults. So I'm sure that had a, a big part of your voice acting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, was, it really was me keeping myself amused. If, if I give you like some of the early stuff that I did, it's going to completely date myself, and you know, and, and no one's going to uh, uh, recognize these these references, perhaps. But uh, I mean, Casey Kasem, you mm-hmm. know, um, would do this, you know, American Top Forty show, and I remember listening to that on on uh, on the weekends or whenever it was 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 broadcast in in South Africa, and I just remember it's like, um, you know, it was. Uh, uh, I remember. Speci- I remember specifically, and I think I might, might have done this before. And, um, but um, there was a USA for Africa. This whole. This is now eighty five. Before many people listening were born. <laughs> You'd and, be surprised. Um, but, uh, but I remember distinctly that. And then there was like Casey getting like buy an extra copy and give it to a friend you know, <laughs> and he would always do that it's like, a long distance dedication from Janet Janet sends this out to uh, Paul who she met back in whatever 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 and uh, they met at a truck stop and they never saw each other again so Paul wherever you are this is for you. You know, it was, yeah. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So the long distance dedication, you know, but uh, yes, yeah, so i would be doing like that and you know, silly, silly voices and stuff and uh, it amused me and I remember doing like, like Airwolf, Airwolf, Airwolf is right for a remake. I don't know why nobody's uh, remade that but uh, uh, that was just, uh, you see, see, no one's gonna, no one's gonna remember this stuff but anyways, they had like a, it was all about this like souped up chopper uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Jam Michael Vincent and and Ernest Borgnine was in that, and it was it was this this chopper made a sound because it would always it would come out of this kind of like I guess it was like somewhere in the Grand Canyon or something, but there'd be this sort of hollowed out type cone like the most enormous ant till you've ever seen, and the thing would go, and then it would, <laughs> it would always do this sort of jet speed sort of flyby thing, you know, which was just an awesome sound. I won't do it now because I'll kill the mic, but. Yeah, so it's kind of messing around with that sort of stuff, and uh, and I mean, I remember distinctly. I remember distinctly reading the back of like shampoo bottles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in the shower trying to sound like the commercials I heard on the radio. Um,
1: that's an incredible you know, talent. So, um, yeah, I feel like everyone has a super sense. I I can't really s- hear or <laughs> see very well, but I can smell like from a mile away. And I feel like yours must. You be... You can
2: smell me from across the table. <laughs> That's what you're saying.
1: I might be aware of. I'm not sure, um, <laughs> but I do have some qualities. But you got
2: some red claws as well. I do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, I just feel like you know you probably have a very superhuman hearing strength and being able to imitate these voices.
2: I don't know. I mean, I think it's... Look, I think it's... Uh, maybe it's kind of like a sort of a musicality or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's definitely... Yeah, it's, it, it was definitely fun and it kind of kept me uh, kept me amused. And I did... You know, I used to do... I started off doing stand-up comedy. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, and I would do like sort of impersonations and that kind of stuff. And then I sort of actively stopped doing that because people only saw me as a funny guy. And then it's kind of weird that, you know, eventually once I moved here, you know, I couldn't get... Yeah, I mean... I don't think people would give me, like, a line on, like, a sitcom, you know, unless I was, like, the bad guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there could be a but very be, funny bad guy. But <laughs>
2: inside me, it's hard to believe, but inside me is a Hugh Grant, you know. I
1: believe it. Yeah. I can kind um, of see it. Yeah. Um, you were telling us earlier that you recently worked on Survivor Type, and it's making the festival circuit right now. Can you sort of tell us about your role in that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> this was this was last, last year we um, – we made this movie, and and it's a uh, it's a short film. It's based on a Stephen King short story, uh, by the same name, Survivor Type, and it's just a great it's a great story. It's it's for want of a, a, a popular culture reference, it's like 127 Hours meets Castaway, mm-hmm. and um, you know you've got this guy who's a lone survivor of a shipwreck disaster, and. Yeah, you know, he's a little cocky in the beginning, and and then he realizes that help is not coming. You know, and he's a little bit stuffed, and he's on this rock, this basically pile of pile of rocks. There's no vegetation there. There's nothing he can. There's no coconuts and stuff. There's like nothing to live off. So it's mm-hmm. uh, he's he goes to sort of desperate means, and he ends up, um, you know, having to do some pretty pretty gruesome things to himself, and he kind of goes insane. He goes insane. But it's a great it's a great vehicle because it's. <clears throat> for the most it's like a I think it's maybe like 31 minutes long or something mm-hmm. and and sort of 29 minutes is just me wow. uh, kind of sort of sitting on this rock and it was just it was just a <laughs> yeah. great uh, uh, acting exercise because you don't you know often get that opportunity to kind of sink your teeth into a role you know I'm getting to sink my teeth literally into Teen Wolf. But, yeah, so it's cool to kind of, yeah, to be able to just go through the whole gamut, you know, of emotions and stuff. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's doing the festival circuit. We've um, we've won a couple of awards and stuff. I know we've got a festival coming up the end of either June or July, don't ask me which it is, though, but uh, SurvivorTypeShort.com, I think, is the website. Um,
1: Everybody should go and check that out. And, uh, mm, sounds yeah. awesome.
2: Otherwise, GideonEmory.com uh, has links to everything.
1: Perfect. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It Pleasure. was amazing having you and getting yes. all this inside information. And now we're going to go ahead and roll into predictions.
0: And now, your AfterBuzz TV <laughs> predictions.
3: Me? <laughs> sure, you go ahead and start us off. In it. I have, I have, a, you know what? I have too many predictions because this looks like such a great season and I can't wait to see it. I predict that Allison and Scott, this is weird saying predictions when you have an editor here and like somebody who's like, you know, on the quote, show. On the they show. know a little bit more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Allison and Scott will get back together, possibly. And mm. then. I think that maybe Styles and Lydia may do like a little hookup, but it's not going to be like a full-on relationship. At the moment she's with Aiden yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently Aiden's looking for a relationship as he
1: asks for another date in this episode and she's just like, Meh. she just wants a boy toy
3: right now. I know. she's so cute. I love her. I think that Derek is going to kind of go to the evil side. You do. Which is mm-hmm. which is good for me. I mean, as long as he does it shirtless, you know, I can't really complain about
0: that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Will um, we be seeing Deucalion shirtless.
2: Uh-huh. We'll have to. We'll have to, wait, we'll have to wait and see. There was. There was um, um, <laughs> we were almost. We were. Do we we're want kind to of, see him shirtless? Kind of close, yes, we do. We're kind of close. Close to it. I have no qualms about it. Um, uh-huh. uh, we get very close to it. I'll will say that much because I'm not going to promise something that uh, that that I know we haven't delivered. But
1: um, we can always come on the finale uh, after show, and if it hasn't happened yet yeah. on the show,
2: no, there's, there's <laughs> we we come very close. We come very close.
0: Too. How about that?
2: <laughs> in, a, in a in an exciting and uh, 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 new and different way, I'll say wow. that. So that's good.
1: I'm yeah. excited about that. Yeah. It'll, I'm not sure. You've got
2: a bit of a weight, though. Yeah.
1: No. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Derek might be getting a girlfriend this season as he, I don't know, transitions to the evil side. If he does temporarily or not, it looks like he might be dating one of the alpha Girl members and yeah, I think Allison will come to terms with what's going on and the loss of her mother and her with these new roles as the leader of her family. So yeah, I think they will get back together. I think maybe Scott's mom and Mister Stalinski will have a romance in the future. Who knows? They seem pretty close. That'd be cute. I like that. Yeah. And you know, as for the Alpha Pack, it's it's going to be a heck of a season and a huge fight. I I, this is just going to be one huge
4: war. It's building up to something epic, I can tell you that much. It's just, like, it delivers.
2: Completely, <laughs>
4: completely delivers, you know, on all levels. Uh, you know, just, no, it's just a great season. I'm happy to work on it. It's really cool. Really cool to see the whole thing. Thank unfold, you, Corey, yeah. again for
1: joining us. I think yeah, Corey's going to try to join us weekly. And yeah. Gideon, please come back whenever sure. you know, your schedule yes. provides I'd for it. So,
4: yeah.
1: us. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for joining us. You can find me at Cinematic Escape on Twitter. Corey, where can we find you?
4: Uh, You can find me on Twitter. Uh, My handle is Corey Trench, spelled C O R E Y T R E N C H.
3: And you can find me Anik Dufour on Twitter and Instagram at just and my website anikdufour And
2: you can find me at my name as well, Gideon Emery, G I D E O N E M E R Y (laughs) dot com, or at Twitter as well. I do tweet a lot. I was, live, I was live tweeting. It was I've never done a live tweet before. That's, it was, was, it was an experience. That. I was retweeting. My thumbs are still recovering. <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
1: Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you
0: next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit After. AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz! Buzz you later. Later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.